You know, as we close out uh, 2020, w- what name would you give this year? <laughs> uh, one that you could say in mixed company with, without getting yourself in trouble. We, we could say the year 2020 was the year of, of COVID. Um, it was a year of distance. It was a year of loss. It was a year of disappointment, um, broken dreams. So we think about different things that we had hoped to achieve that we didn't. It's the year of the scattered church, as Carlos mentioned, 47 weeks of not being together. Uh, Many of us would just like to say good riddance to 2020. You've seen the memes uh, if in the future uh, you go back to the past. Don't ever, whatever you do, don't put the machine on 2020. Stay away from this year because it was and has been a difficult year for many of us. But, but it's also been a year where we've been stretched and we've learned to be flexible. We've learned to be perseverant in ways perhaps that we didn't think we could be. We've learned to reinvent ourselves. You, you know, whatever name you want to put on the year, it kind of defines what we're thinking. I, I enjoy asking people how they got their name. And, uh, and, and people will tell me from a relative or, or a friend, or, or maybe even I was named after a famous person, an actor, a singer, or a musician. I, I've shared with you some of how I got my name, and uh, I thought that I was named after... Uh, my birth father, but it turns out that it was uh, actually my birth mother uh, who named me uh, just because she liked the name, Jimmy Lee. And some of you uh, uh, address me that way and you send me notes that way, and that's perfectly fine. That was the name that I was born with. I have a friend who um, his mom and dad chose their name, uh, his name uh, by looking at an Ethan Allen clock on the wall in the hospital because they were unprepared for him to be a boy. This was back in the days before there were uh, sonograms and uh, 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 different images that could determine the sex of the child. You didn't know until the baby was born. <laughs> they were expecting a girl, and here is a boy. <laughs> But, you know, those are those are the formal names. Those are the names that we put on paper that we might even have on our documents. There are also names that we all have that are like labels that have the power to destroy us. Sometimes these names are given to us by other people. Sometimes they're names that we ourselves adopt as we think about who we are. One of my first uh, ministry positions was as a youth minister for a small church in uh, um, Middle Tennessee. And one of our jobs was uh, me and Catherine would go, we would drive, I would drive the big school bus, the joy bus to pick up kids. And we would just pick up whatever kids wanted to come and, and we would take them to church. And one of the young men that got on, just a small child, his sister got on and said, his name is Mo. Okay. Well, as time went on, we learned that his name was really Julian. 
And so I asked the sister, how come you call him Mo? She said, well, because he has a mole on his back, and so we just call him Mole, Mo. You know, to be defined by a characteristic or some sort of physical attribute is all too common in today's world. And it's generally not done in a flattering way. Our text today uh, is from the book of Isaiah. We find ourselves back in Isaiah. We spent a little bit of time during Advent in Isaiah. Isaiah is the book of prophecy that Jesus most quotes. It's the most quoted book in the entire New Testament as well. It has a lot to say about the coming Messiah and the world that he brings with him. Our text today comes from the last two verses of chapter 61 and then the first five verses of chapter 62. This comes in the latter part of the book of Isaiah, the message of Isaiah. Um, This was written to people who were returning from exile. They were returning back to Jerusalem and they found the city in a destroyed state. Um, They were still oppressed. They were poor and now they didn't even have a strong city wall to defend them. Their houses and the temple had been destroyed. Famine and poverty were rampant. This return didn't meet the expectations that they had. It wasn't what they were looking forward to. And that led to questions like, has God abandoned us? Where is God? If he's restoring his people, why are we having such a hard time? You might have made those very same questions or asked those questions during these past weeks and months. Where is God and why is this just so hard? The promises that God is going to make in these latter chapters was designed to help the people overcome this sense that God had deserted them. The land was desolate. The people were losing hope and so God gives them a message and gives them words to encourage and help lead them to the future. And in the verses we're going to read, Jerusalem beams like a bride. We talked a little bit about this when we looked at this text a few weeks ago. The city itself breaks into song, and joy returns or will return to the city of Jerusalem with all the hope and promise that a wedding brings. God will speak to Israel as a groom speaks to his bride on their wedding day. God has not given up on Israel. He has chosen Israel to be his very special companion. God will not relent. His love endures forever. And one of the ways he shows this is by changing Jerusalem's name, by giving Jerusalem a different name. She was known to many as one thing, but God says, I want you to be known by something else. Let's read Isaiah 61, verse 10 and following. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. 
For he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in the robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom in his wedding suit or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. Because I love Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Zion, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. The nations will see your righteousness and world leaders will be blinded by your glory. Isaiah 62 verse 2. And you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see a splendid crown in the hand of God. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God for the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. Your children will commit themselves to you, O Jerusalem, as a young man commits herself to this bride. And then God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Names matter. They go beyond the surface. In fact, names are so important that God tells us his name over and over the word that we pronounce is Jehovah or Yahweh, the four letters in Hebrew that make up God's personal covenant name that he gave to Moses. That means I am who I am. I was who I was. I will be who I will be, pointing to the permanent, enduring nature of God. Uh, but then in addition to those names, we have Elohim, which means God. And then they're joined with other words so that we, we, we know God's name to be El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. El Elyon, the Most High God. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Jehovah Shalom, the God of wholeness and wellness. These names matter because they point to the very character of who God is. And our names matter too. It matters what people call us. Because in our woundedness, we often assimilate those names. And we believe them. I don't know if there's a child in America that is at some point in response to a taunt, bullying or name calling incident. Will respond. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You've probably said that or thought it. And let me tell you that it's a lie. <laughs> it's not true. Sticks and stones can break your bones. But names can destroy us. 
When as young adolescent men and women, we were labeled as different. (laughs) He's just different or weird. We internalize that. That language shapes the core of who we are. And then we interpret everything through that lens when we're not chosen or we're the last chosen on the playground. We adopt the name unchosen. When we are abandoned by a parent, we were named unworthy. When we were abused, we were named worthless. And it's not only the names that other people call us, but the names that we pronounce inside our own head, the names in our self-talk. If we, at our core, call ourselves worthless and pathetic, it will shape how we relate to other people. It shapes the the nature of our marriages, our parenting, our relationships, And so God has a name for us, and what he calls us is important. And it matters, at the end of the day, it matters more than what our own inadequate and limited views of ourselves are. How we hear God is extremely important. And your perception of who God is. See, the, the, the Bible might say that God calls us his beloved. But if our core is still focused on this sense of abandonment and shame and hurt and pain, and our image of God is like Zeus on a cloud with a thunderbolt in his hand ready to launch it at us, God might say beloved, but what we hear... <laughs> is loathed or hated because at our core, we can't believe that anyone could love us. It's been a lot of years of therapy and surrounded by people with extreme levels of patience and love to help me work through some of the names that I had accepted Names that I had heard and then names that I had felt. Some of the old names for myself. Forsaken, abandoned, not wanted. Crippled, damaged, not whole. Weird, different, doesn't fit in, not like the others. Deficient, not good enough, failure. One of my long-held core beliefs is that I'm not good enough. And perhaps you've felt something like that, either in your job or in your family, in your marriage, in whatever situation, maybe perhaps even as a Christian. I'm just not good enough. And those of us who struggle with feelings of inferiority and feelings of acceptance or not being accepted have taken solace in unhealthy behaviors and addictions, drugs, compulsive behavior, self-harm, 
withdrawal, denial, excessive competitiveness, even work and religion can be ways of dealing with a sense of inferiority. What's your name? And I don't mean the name that's on your license. I mean the name that you call yourself. What do you feel in your gut is your identity? That has been shaped by people around you. And what I want you to hear today is that God's going to change your name. He has already changed your name through Jesus. And that's what this text is all about. The good news is that God loves us so much that he doesn't want us to carry our old names through our lives. Isaiah provides this startling image that God's going to change our name. The old name for Israel was the forsaken, abandoned city, God's new name. And some of your translations might say, Hez, uh, Hefzibah. I don't know why they didn't translate it, but what it means is, my delight is in her. Or, or the old name was the desolate land, abandoned and not wanted. And God says the new name will be Beulah, which means married. Loved and desired. The text tells us that God rejoices over us like a groom rejoices over his bride. The last verse in chapter 62 add more names. They, referring to us, will be called the holy people and the people redeemed by the Lord and Jerusalem will be known as the desirable place and the city no longer forsaken. That's how God feels about you. No matter what 2020 brought you, 2021 is the year for us to live out the new name that God has given us. No longer are we forsaken, but we are chosen. No longer are we a failure, but we are successful. No longer are we deficient, but we are blessed. No longer rejected, but loved and accepted. No longer worthless, but valued and appreciated. God's word to each of us this morning is, you are loved. You are the one in whom I delight He dresses us in festive robes. He spreads out the table before us with the best foods. And we wear the names that he has given us. Chosen, beloved, married, blessed. There's a song that has been very meaningful to me, uh, written by DJ Butler. Uh, At the end of our service, we'll put the link to the YouTube video Uh, in the comments, so stick around for that. Uh, It's a powerful song, and the images that go along with it are also very important, and I encourage you, please, take a moment after our service is concluded, click on that link, 
and watch and listen to that song. It will bless your lives. But hear the words of the song and the words of Isaiah today. I will change your name. You will no longer be called wounded, outcast, lonely, or afraid. I will change your name. Your new name shall be confidence, joyfulness, overcoming one, faithfulness, friend of God, one who seeks my face. May God fill you with a sense of that new name that he's giving each one of us. And as we enter into 2021, I pray that God's blessings will fill your lives. Our brother Jeff Henson is here to walk us through a couple prayer needs and then to pray to conclude our service. God bless you.